Happy Sunday, happy Sunday, happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Yes, yes. Yeah, can I have all of stand up? Yeah. That wasn't cold for stand up, but I'll take it. I'll take it. We, we were going there. We were going there. How's everybody doing? Hey, look at the person next to you and say, you are really cute today. <laughs> how, many of y'all, how many of y'all, when you said that, the person said, I know. <laughs> I've been working on this for about a half an hour this morning. <laughs> hey, I, I'm so excited today. So excited. Um, uh, I want to read something to you, and, and I want to say this. Every time you come to church, you either take a step closer to God or you take a step farther away from God. It's one or the other. You all either go further to God or you go away from God. The devil is fighting to distract you and have something to be said, done. You didn't get your parking lot space. You, you know, I talked too long. I had you on your knees, stand too long. Anything to just make you go, ah, that's, what he, that's the devil's job, Right? Or you didn't get your seat. Or, by the way, none of those are your seats. They're not your seat. And then God's like, I'm trying to draw you close. Okay. So I want to read something to you. Last night um, I had a nightmare. And it woke me up around 11. And I literally had fear all over my body. And usually when I have a nightmare, I'll, I'll have fear and then it'll go away. But I, I, I got me out of the bed and I'm walking through my, into the bathroom, and I just felt this evil presence all over me physically. And it wouldn't go away. And I was going to look out the window thinking I'm going to see something. I looked out the window. I didn't see anything. Uh, <laughs> thank God. I, you know, I, I didn't want to see anything. I was just like, oh, maybe there's something out there I'm freaking I'm supposed to see. I don't know. And then I, then I said, okay, let me walk back to the bed. I'm still feeling it. And I got in the bed. And I, I just like plopped in the bed because I woke my wife up. And, and I was still feeling it like heavy, heavy, heavy. And I said, we got to pray, we got to pray, we got to pray. And God, you know, was trying to, he's just, just, he's always distracting, you know. He's trying to distract me, distract me. He can mess this up, right. And so every day you come, you're either stepping before God or you're stepping away. So my prayer every Sunday is that you would do this. Just one step, at least one step. Some of y'all are going to go. And I, don't, and I don't mean physically necessarily, but more so in your devotion, your commitment, your trust. Okay? That's only between you and God can do that. Okay, let me read something. Philippians, we're reading through the Bible. We're in Philippians this week. Philippians chapter 1, verse 1 to 6. Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with joy for your fellowship in the gospel. Everybody say fellowship in the gospel. That's partnership. We are partners. We have to be partners. Amen. Um, Fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, and this is the last verse, being confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you, will complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. God is constantly reeling you in and the devil's constantly pulling you back in. God's not going to, he's going to complete that work. He's going to keep drawing you in. Amen. Lord, I just pray that you would draw us all closer to you today. Every single one of us are in a different place. And we can only be responsible for ourselves. So I pray you encourage us and I pray we receive what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Give someone a high five and take a seat. Give someone a high five and give and take a seat. Get your Bibles out, all the campuses. We want to say hello to all the campuses out there. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. Take a Bible. Get your Bibles out on the count of three. I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Right, y'all did a good job. Come on, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I figured it out. I just can't say word. That's all I got. All I got to do is say count of three. Y'all won't move. Okay. On the count of three. Very good. Very good. On the count of three, say word. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> say word. One, two, three, say word. <laughs> Turn to Philippians chapter one. Philippians, actually, Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four. And as you turn to Philippians chapter four, it's in the New Testament. It's about the 10th, 11th book in the New Testament. I want you to get out your all in card. Get out your all in this green card. If you are a visitor, uh, we have a special service today where we are taking our all-in offering. So if you're visiting, we just want to alert you to that. We don't usually do our offering at the end and it's usually not focused on giving. But hopefully it's a blessing to you and encouragement to you anyway. Just take out that card. We'll get to that in about 25 minutes or so. Philippians chapter 4. In 1982, I was drafted to the Los Angeles Rams as defensive back out of a Division III school, uh, the LA Rams had since gone to St. Louis and now come back. But in the 80s, they were in LA, Anaheim, and they were called LA Rams. I got cut, which means I got fired, which means they tear up your contract. And when you do sign the NFL, you get a contract, you sign a contract, but it's only contingent on you making the team, which is solely at their discretion. And so 100 guys or so sign contracts and about 50 or so get cut and they get fired and not owed any money. So that's kind of how it works. So I got cut and I later that year signed for, with the San Diego Chargers, which is how I got to San Diego. Um, and I played four years here. My first two years, I was not a believer and I was using cocaine, just living wild. And I was a special teams player, which meant I came out on punts and kickoffs and all those kind of plays, but I was not in the regular rotation of playing yet. But I wanted to be. I not only wanted to be in the regular rotation as a, as a, as a, a reserve, but I wanted to be a starter. I wanted to be full-time, first-string starter. And then after two years of playing special teams and kind of being doing some backup work here and there, um, they named me the starter my third year. Actually, it happened to be the year I gave my life to the Lord, uh, coincidentally, in the, in the year that I started to walk with God. God said, okay, I'll make you a starter. I'm not saying that's why I did it, but it was a coincidence that that happened. Um, so I became a starter, which means first down came in, I'm, I'm in. Me and th 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 three of my buddies uh, all were starting first year together as defensive backs. I was a free safety and nickel corner for all you know football. And that year, when the coach told me that, I was so thankful that I got the opportunity to now be basically full-time playing. Now, I was on a team before that. I just wasn't in on first down, second down, third down, fourth down, third, third down. Um, and I was so thankful to get in. There are a lot of you who are Christian, but you're not a starter yet. You get in sometimes, you watch the game from the sideline, and you, you, you participate, but you haven't made that step to be a starter. And now in football, you don't make that decision on your own, but in the kingdom of God, you can decide today, I'm going to be a starter. And you can decide today with your wallet. Now the reason I say that is because where your treasure is is where your heart is. And there are a lot of you who come and you kind of give or you give nothing. You just consume. 
Our culture is a consuming culture. It, we live in a Burger King. You know, I can have it my way. Church is Home Depot. You can do it and we can help you, okay. <laughs> and so today we're going to have, we've been talking about this for a month. We're going to have this all-in offering where we're going to give you an opportunity to give over and above your normal tithes. Or there's probably a lot of you, and I'll say probably, I know there are because of we, what we, what the, the checks that come in, is that you don't give, you don't tithe at all. A tithe of 10%. And you're going to say, you know what, it's time for me to take that next step and become a starter. I'm going to get invested. And so that's a challenge for you today. It's an encouragement to you. And let me say this. This is completely between you and God. God knows your finances. He knows your heart. He knows where you're at. And he knows what he asks you in the Bible. But we want to encourage you today and give you an opportunity to say, I want to be a starter. I want to get into the game at a different level. Can I get amen? So I'm gonna, I am thankful, the title of my message is I am thankful, thankful that many of you have already made that decision and thankful that many of you are going to today by faith. Everyone say by faith. By faith you are going to make that decision. Okay, look, let me look at the three, let's look at the three points in the notes. Number one, and I'm just going to read through these and then we'll come back to number one. One, I am thankful that you give purely by biblical motive, motives, purely by biblical motives. We'll read these again. I just want to go over high level. I also am thankful that your giving increases your ministry partnership. We'll talk about that in a minute. And I'm also thankful that your giving is part of God's preparation for more ministry responsibility. Number one, your giving, I'm thankful that you give purely, with purely biblical motives. Let's read in Philippians chapter 4. Now understand this, Paul is writing to a church in Philippi who supported him financially. They sent him resources when he was in prison and during his ministry. And he is writing to thank them. And he is declaring some stuff over their life, but he's writing to thank them. And so I am saying thank you to you, to all of you who give and who are going to give because we are partners in all of this. We, this is not about you, the staff preparing a service, church service, to entertain you. This is about us equipping you to do the work in the ministry so we can partner together to, to expand the kingdom of God in San Diego and the world. That's what this is about. Amen. And so number one, it says, I am thankful that you give and will give pure, with purely biblical motives. Look what it says in verse 14, Philippians 4, it says, Nevertheless, you have done well that you shared in my distress. Paul is writing to the Philippian church. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you did send aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Everyone say accounts. Say accounts. We're going to get to that in a minute. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things you sent, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. An acceptable sacrifice. Everyone say acceptable sacrifice. Someone said to me, well, we, I, don't, I know some people don't give because they don't think you need the money. That's not a reason not to give. And by the way, we need the money. <laughs> For all you business people who understand days cash on hand, we have very few days cash on hand. We don't bankroll money. We invest it in the kingdom. Listen, here's the deal. We've been talking about when you give a gift, 
And when I mean, I don't mean a present, when you give something to God, whether it be your money, your time, your effort, that there is a motivation attached to it. And that motivation can be the fear of God, it can be faith, it can be cheerful, it can be generous. Matter of fact, let's all clap because we want to be a generous giver today. Can we, amen. Someone who gives by purely pure biblical motives is like, look, I don't care what they have or don't have or what I think they have or don't have. I give because God told me to give. I give because it's biblical. I give because it's going to bless me. It's going to change my heart. That's what we want you to do. We want you to say, Lord, I only want to give and I only because I have faith in Jesus. That I fear God. No other motivation. And that's what these people did. They, he said, you gave, your gift was acceptable. And it says in verse 16 that not, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Imagine if all of you stood up. I'm not going to tell you to stand up. And I told you to take the wallet out of the person next to you. It's pocket or purse. And you're like, I hope they got some money. <laughs> you take their wallet. And I said, now take all the money out of their wallet. And you took all the money out of their wallet. And then we passed the bucket and said, be generous. Y'all probably be like, throw it all in there. Because <laughs> it's not yours. <laughs> Here's the thing. The money you have in your wallet is not yours. It belongs to God. And what God's saying is that when I ask you for a tithe, a tithe is not something that you give. A tithe literally means 10%. That's what it literally means. I've been tithing since, I was, since 1984. Since my, I got saved in 1984, I was playing in the NFL. I said, I'm tithing. I've been tithing ever since. I've tithed, well, way more than that. We as a church, we tithe. As a church, we, more than 10% of what we give goes to outreach to help people in, in, the, in the world, for San Diego and the world. We tithe. And so <laughs> when you give, it's like, Lord, this is not mine. I'm giving you 10 trusting that you are going to bless me according to your word. Look at, it says in Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 to 10. It says, will a man rob God, yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Why? Because that money is not yours and it belongs to God and you're holding it. God says, look, I'm not, I don't want you to give me your money because I don't want you to have the money. I want to teach you a lesson about trusting me. Because where your treasure is, where your heart is. And if your treasure is in heaven, your heart will be heaven. That's why what happens is you give to God and guess what? Your heart is going to follow and say, now I want to be involved. I give to God because I trust God. Now I'm going to watch God do something in my life and I'm going to realize that he's more faithful. There's the bigger picture. Remember, 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 remember. The gift may go to the bank. The gift may go help Toys for Joy. The gift may go to help someone online. But what, what get, what's get registered in your account in heaven it, and the witness in heaven is the motivation attached to your gift. That you have faith. That you have fear of God. The opposite is true. If you say, listen, I, you know, they keep, they, they're going to do this all in offering. I'll just give something just to get, get them to leave me alone. You're giving that grudgingly. Don't do that. Don't do that. We only want you to give, not only today, all the time, what you can attach something positive to. So if you say, well, I can give him $500, but I feel comfortable if I give him 100 Give 100 Keep your 500 Because what I don't want to happen, I don't want you to give something, and, all right, there you go. There you go. Look at what good I did. And have this be registered in heaven. 
or that you regret. You're giving out of regret or you're giving out of guilt. Don't give out of guilt. Give always out of faith. Now, some of that may cause some of you to give less. You know, that may sound backwards for me to say that to you. But I'd rather have you be blessed. Even if you gave just a little bit and you saw God do something amazing, you're like, whoa, okay, God, I trust you. Okay? But some of y'all are like, you know what? I give it, I give it, not the amount. You may give a a good amount because you got a lot, but it ain't no big deal to you. You ain't giving by faith. You're giving what's safe. So you want to, you want to register this in heaven. You don't want to register something in the bank. You want to register faith, fear of God, cheerful giver in heaven. Then it says in verse 9, you are cursed with a curse, which means, one of the things means a blessing is withheld, for you have robbed me. And then it says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And it says, test, try me or test me. It's the only place in the Bible God says, test me, says the Lord. If I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. How many of y'all would love God? To open up the windows of heaven. Amen. You know, you, you, ever, you ever see that girl, she's like trying to get a date, but she never brushed her teeth. <laughs> or the guy who's trying to get a date, he never brushes his teeth, but it goes both ways, right? <laughs> God, I want the windows of heaven. Then you got to trust me then. you got to trust me at some level. Even if God's window does this, that's a whole lot. And then it does this. Then it does this. And you can live with that window open. You can live under open heaven. Proverbs 3.9 says, honor the Lord with all your possessions. And with the first fruits of your increase. Everyone say first fruits. That your bonds will be filled with plenty and your vats would overflow. How many of y'all want overflow in your life? Overflow in your life. You know overflow happens? Overflow happens. God, well, God blesses you with not only financial blessing, but just joy and happiness and wisdom. Where it comes out of you to some, and you bless other people. He wants you to be a blessing to other people. That comes from a heart that says, Lord, it's yours. Number two, I am thankful that your giving will increase ministry partnership. Ministry partnership. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. Paul says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you all with joy for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. I mentioned a few minutes ago that the staff here and even the volunteers that serve on Sunday are not here to organize a show for the people to come to church. What we want to do is provide an opportunity for you to engage in the presence of God and provide an opportunity throughout the week for you to walk with God and do the work of the ministry so we can destroy the works of the devil and expand the kingdom of God. That's what this is about. Amen. So some people will come for the first time and go, okay, Church, let me see how good the sermon is going to be. Let me see if I like the music. Let me see if I like the parking. Let me see if I like this, like this, like this, like this. And I, and I get all that. It's a, it's a, we live in a Wiffum world, what's in it for me, W-I-F, Wiffum, uh, what's in it for me type culture. 
But at some point, it's going to be like, Jesus, I need to be more like you. What do you want me to do? And then God starts teaching you how to worship. He starts whittling away at what he's doing in your life. And you partner with us. And part of your giving is to partner with us. Now, if you would take this out, I want to show you some opportunities. How your giving can partner. If you could turn to the all-in, the black panel inside. It says all-in at the top. It's a black panel on your brochure. Here are some of the things that you're giving, whether it be your regular ties or over and above. Local outreach, Toys for Joy, on December 14th, we're going to have, we're going to serve about 20,000 people around San Diego, give away about 20,000 toys, feed people, give away clothes. About $1.7 million of value. It's not going to cost us that. It's going to cost us about 23% of that. But we're going to give away about $1.7 million of value, and that doesn't include the, the the time of all the people that are going to serve. Um, but you could partner with us in that, not only by buying toys or food, but come and serve, please. Come and serve. I had a friend of mine, he said, look, I live in a bubble here in San Diego. I live around people at this economic strata. I got to get out of my bubble. And he doesn't need to fly to Nigeria or Haiti. Just, he said, can I go with you for Toys of Joy and just walk with you? Absolutely. Get out of your bubble. The goal of life is not to put yourself in a bubble. The goal of your life is to be used by God for, according to the gift he's given you, to help people. Toys for Joy, homeless prison ministry. Phase one, we want to get a dream center. We would love to get a 10 to 15,000 square foot building through which we can collect materials from Costco, Kmart, Walmart, and, and collect stuff they can't sell, which is brand new, and give it to people through churches in San Diego. So if you have a 10, 15,000 square foot building, please do not send us a, a, a real estate listing. In other words, we'll have, hey, here's one you can buy. We're not, we don't want to buy it. We want you to give it to us. Why? Because if, you, if we got by it, I mean, we could go look at a listing. We could do that. I mean, and we are. We will. Maybe people will donate it. We would rather get it for free. But if you may be someone say, listen, I got a building for sale and it's been sitting there for five years empty. Listen, give it to us. We'll give you a write-up. You'll save tax money and we can use it for the kingdom. It's not complicated. Amen. Can I get amen? Global outreach, food, clean, and water. We have missionaries all over the world. Uh, human trafficking, gang ministry, microloans, uh, helping people all around the world start little businesses and share the gospel. Digital evangelism. We have seen 303,000 people get saved online. That was, our, that was as of five days ago. So now it's 308,000 because it's about 1,000 people a day give, them, give their life to the Lord online for about 50 cents a person. 50 cents. Your money can partner with us in that. More, more, more money goes to more salvations. It's very simple. It's not complicated. New building facility in San Ysidro. In San Ysidro, our campus in San Ysidro, we have one in East County. We have a campus in City Heights. We have a campus in San Marcos. And they have buildings seven days a week. In, City, in San Ysidro, they meet at San Ysidro High School. So every Sunday morning, very early, they get the trailers going and they come to San Ysidro High School and they set up church. And then every Sunday night, they take it back to the warehouse. They do that every day, every week. We want to get them a building where they can not only not have to do that, but they can have church seven days a week. So if you have a building in San Cedro, let's do that. They're screaming down there right now. Amen. 
these are, these are some of the things that, that your money will go to, but also that you could say now, how can I serve? Because every single one of you, God has called to do something in the kingdom of God. You can go to all the self-help workshops that talk about your gifts so you can get the best job in the world to make the most money in the world. Nothing wrong with that. But God has a, has a role for you in the kingdom because that skill that you will learn about in those self-help programs are skills God gave you. But there's a spiritual component that will work through that skill. Before I got saved, when I was playing football, they would say, hey, Miles, can you go talk to this little junior high? I'm like, look, I'm a football player. I don't, I'm not a speaker. Listen to what I just said. I'm not a speaker. I don't speak in front of people. And they're like, okay, well, can you go take a picture? Yeah. Boom. And then I get a signed autograph, I'm done. <laughs> when I got saved, you know what God said? You're a speaker. And you always have been. You just didn't know it. Imagine if I would have missed that. We wouldn't be here. You don't want to miss what God has for you. Does, is it attached to giving? <laughs> Absolutely, because you got to give your heart to him. And you're going to have to trust him. And often our wallet is the last part of us that gets saved. And the Bible says your heart is where your treasure is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? People get saved. They go, Jesus, come into my heart. But then we got all these little agreements. Well, uh, Sunday once a month is saved for an hour and a half. And then they leave church and they go F-bomb all through in, in the happy hour because their football team's losing. <laughs> so only Sunday morning is saved or Sunday service is saved. And then it's two times a week. And then, and then, but not my Wednesday night. I'm not going to our group. I'm not getting to the D group. I'm not going to do discipleship. I can't do that because I'm not that saved. And then people, and then, and then your diet gets saved. You start eating healthy. Because some of y'all's diets are not saved. They're, they're still, <laughs> you're still <laughs> eating stuff. Uh, <laughs> and then your worship gets saved. You may, you may stand here and you're, we're singing and you're just... And then you start singing because you're so self-conscious about people hearing you. Nobody next to you can sing. These people can sing, but we can't sing. How many of y'all know you can't sing? There you go. Y'all like, I can't sing. I was in a band. I was a head singer and I couldn't sing. I was horrible. I was horrible. I couldn't play an instrument, so that was the only thing that I could kind of do. But anyway, we, we can't sing. And then... You see people doing this, you ain't that saved yet. This is you. It took me years to do this. I would do this. Wailing wall. I was the wailing wall brother with rhythm. You know what I'm saying? And then I said, I, 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 I want to get where this doesn't matter. And I remember I was in, in a prison, uh, ministering in a prison, and, and Chino, <laughs> they're like, there ain't no Pastor Miles locked up. <laughs> locked up. <laughs> I was locked up. <laughs> Quick story, when I went to the prison that day, Chino, Chino, State, Chino uh, Prison, I, I went there like five times, but we, it was a guy on our team um, named Dennis. He was 6'5", 6'4", 265, huge. And he took me three hours to convince him to go in because he was scared. True story. We do the service. We're walking out. And he's walking. He met a guy who he identified with in the prison. 
And they're walking, we're like we're, it's getting dark, we're out in the yard, we got to leave. And I'm like, well, go. And he's walking through the park with this other inmate that he had just met, like they're on a date. I mean, they're just kind of strolling around. <laughs> and we said, let's play a joke on him. So he had his back to the door, and these are metal doors. These aren't like, you know, your, 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 your empty cord door in your, in your closet in your house. And we shut the door behind him, boom, and locked them in. So uh, just to kind of just tell him, you ain't, you ain't leaving, you're, you're spending the night. I remember saying, Lord, I'm going to lift my hands in this service. This is going to be the day I do this. Because none of these guys are ever going to see me again. <laughs> and I was sitting in the pew, and I was like. <laughs> this is a Jurassic Park T-Rex. <laughs> I was like, Lord, this is not good enough. And it wasn't that day, but it came where I was like this, and I was like this, and I was like this. The last thing to get saved is your money. It's your money. I am thankful, number three, that your giving is, God's, is, is part of God's preparation for more ministry. Verse 6, he says, being confident of this very thing, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. God is going to do something in your life. Matthew 25, 21, it says, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many. God says, listen, some of y'all are asking for a wife. You can't even manage a girlfriend. <laughs> some of y'all want a house and you can't keep your apartment straight and pay your bills. Some of you want financial blessing and you can't manage what I've already given you. God will give you what he can entrust you with. And when he tells us, I want the tithe. And then at times, I want you to give over and above that as an offering. God will speak to you that. That you say, okay, God, you know why? Because I trust you. Because the only reason I have it in the first place is because you blessed me. Well, I, went, I got the job. and I, Yep, you did get the job. God gave you the feet to walk to it, the mouth to talk, and the talent to get it. And, and any time, and any time, you get to think this is my life and my body and my thing. And my, just tell God that. And here's what I want you to tell him. Don't take this advice, but it's something to think about. I don't want you to take this advice because I don't want anything. To, I just, you'll know when I get it, when I say it. Tell God this is mine and you can't take it. Don't do that. <laughs> just think it. And realize, you know what, God? Thank you. Matthew 25, 21. He said, well done, good and faithful servant. If you're faithful over a few, I'll make you ruler over many. If you could take this card out, take this um, green pamphlet out and look on the back where it says, my all in giving. It's a white panel. Let me reiterate one thing. At the top it says my monthly gift. Some of you don't tithe. Start there. Start with being faithful to give an expression of your trust in God. $25 a coffee. You think that's, what, what good is that going to do? It's going to do a whole lot of good for your heart. It's going to do a whole lot of good in your life. 
But some of you say, you know what, I, I really need a tithe. And what is a tithe? 10%. Do the math. Whatever your gross is and you want God to bless your gross, not your net, you tithe off your gross. God give, says to give off our first fruits, the first off the top, he goes first. There's many things God can do, but there's a few things God can't do and won't do. He will not and cannot be second. He has to be first in everything in our life. You make $1,000, 100 bucks. What about taxes? Let God deal with that. Step of faith. So say, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start tithing. That's my monthly amount. I want to start giving. If you want to give over and above today's gift, you can put an amount there. Let me say this one more time and then we're going to fill it out. Please give what you can attach faith to. The fear of God, cheerful, generous, anticipation that God's going to do something in your life. Don't attach this to it. If you're like, don't do that. Don't do that. Because I don't want that to come back on you. Will we benefit? Yeah, we'll get the money. It'll, it'll, it'll spend the same for us. But I want you to walk with God properly. I don't want you to walk out of here with a sour taste in your mouth. I want you to say, no, I gave and I'm, I'm looking for what God's going to do because I deposited something good in heaven. Does that make sense to you? And so if you're sitting there, I ain't want your money. I want blessing for you and the resources to bless the kingdom. I want to win-win. I don't want to lose-win. I want to win-win. And so what I'm going to do is we're going to get out that white uh, turn the white flap and I'm going to pray over your decision to take a step of faith. By the way, by a show of hands, how many of y'all say, I want to take a step of faith today? Just raise your hand if you want to take a step of faith today. Very good, very good. I'm going to pray that God would speak to you. We're going to fill the card out and after we fill the card out, after we fill the card out, I'm going to call the ushers forward after, after, and we're going to pray again over it. And I'm going to pray that God do a supernatural work in your life. So I'm going to pray. We're going to fill it out. And then we'll proceed from there. Let's all bow our heads and pray. Lord, thank you so much. Lord, you know how important this is to so many people. You know how important it is to their heart, their life, their relationship with you. I pray you speak to them. I pray that small, still voice that they hear right now, as some of them are going, you're telling me to do what? That they would just trust you. And they would watch to see what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Before the ushers come, just ushers stay where you're at. Let's all fill it out. And then we will proceed after we're done filling it out. I'm going to call the ushers forward in all the campuses. And um, don't start collecting until I pray. But you can start walking forward. You can put your pledges in the envelope that is provided or your offering and your offering for those who are going to give an offering today. Can I see your offering? Just wave it up like that. Look at all that. Amen. Lord, I just pray supernatural blessing on all those people. We pray multiplication. We pray that you open up the windows of heaven, that your blessings will overflow their life, that their vats would overflow more than they can imagine or ask or receive, that you would use all of us as a conduit of blessings to many people more than we can ask or imagine.
Lord, you are more faithful than we know. You are, your name is faithfulness. So we thank you. We pray you multiply the opportunities, multiply the financial blessing, the career blessing, the health blessing on everyone here today in all our campus. In Jesus' name, amen. You may pass the buckets. Here we go.